Welcome back to the podcast or video if you're watching me on video. Uh, here's the recap of Monday, March 5th. So uh, my first note here is that the team leads meeting, which I have every single Monday, is becoming even more efficient. We kept it to 30 minutes today instead of 60. So initially for the past couple months, we've had a 60 minute meeting every Monday morning with the team leads, which is essentially me, Lauren and, and Anthony together. We kept it to 30 minutes instead of 60, which is awesome. Uh, the major thing that was discussed there was that there was not clarity around whether we needed one or two project management hires. And we can't make good decisions if there isn't clarity and certainty. So what I, what I did is I had Lauren um, have Nada project out Project out uh, the next next few weeks, uh, or, or as far as possible, in the next months, etc., uh, to see if one we had enough work to support one or two hires, and then two if we have enough money to support one or two hires, then we can make a solid decision, right? We need to know is there enough work, and do we have enough money to make an informed decision? Otherwise, we're just guessing. Uh, should we hire one person, two per- people? But we can't be guessing here. Uh, in the future, as part of operational excellence which for those of you that, that are new to this, Operational Excellence is kind of our, uh, our initiative over the first two quarters this year to tighten up the operations at Jack and to, to really run like a well-oiled machine. Uh, as part of Operational Excellence, we're going to remove all of uncertainty, but it's still in progress. Until we have detailed forecasting done with revenues, expenses, pro- uh, and, and projections, uh, we'll have to kind of do this one-off analysis. So that was that was the topic of, of the team lead meeting. Should we hire one or two project managers? Or what is the timing on, on those hires? So then I uh, later in the day, I did some hands-on marketing work. Had a note to myself here that over the next few weeks, I'm going to get a bit more hands-on to make sure marketing is link, linking to sales, uh, specifically the top of the funnel, that it's linking to sales really well. So basically the, the way I see marketing at least, or in general how marketing and sales connect, is that marketing is responsible for bringing in the leads and sales then needs to close them. But there's a relationship between marketing and sales where there's a handoff. And that's where that, that top of the funnel, you know, those leads coming in where there needs to be a really tight connection between marketing and sales. And I need to uh, improve that. Uh, I noticed this weekend that there were some aspects of that breaking and they need to get fixed ASAP. So I'm jumping in a bit. I'm also going to help with marketing in general more, uh, more in-person working sessions um, that I'm going to attempt to do with Sasha to help accelerate things a bit. Uh, I didn't have time to properly onboard or work with with uh, marketing and sales and Sasha and Greg when they joined, so now I'm playing a bit of ke- catch-up, which is my responsibility. Uh, so I'm going to work on that. For sales, uh, I had a note here that I had a great chat with Greg. He sent me his weekly report on Sunday, and interestingly enough, he was noticing some of the same gaps in our sales process that I was also seeing. And he brought them up without me mentioning them, which is a very nice uh, uh, thing to have. Uh, So that was good. At our meeting, I talked through how important new leads are, how we aren't serving our customers if we don't reply to them, and how we must continually nurture. Right? We're we're in the service business in general, but you you need to, in my opinion, you, you have to serve customers. And and in order to serve them, if they inquire, we have to respond to them as soon as possible. Right? We're not serving them if we don't reply to them. And that was a problem we were having. Leads were coming in and they weren't getting replies, and that's not acceptable. 
So then on top of that, I, we also discussed uh, how we must continually nurture, right? You can't, and this is something you, you, if you've been listening to me, maybe you've heard me talk about, but you can't just email once or, or, or uh, try and talk to someone once, right? It's, it's a constant game of nurturing and following up. And, you know, there's times where I've, I've been working on relationships. Uh, I mean, relationships I work on for years and years and years, but on deals, right? On sales that are coming in for, for three years at a time. Literally, just because I'm relentless on, on that follow-up and constantly trying to add value. And eventually, we may work together, we may not. But to have to be following up over and over with, with people. So, anyways, where was I? Um, so, duh, duh, duh. let me just gather my uh, my my place here. Um, okay, yes. So, what I did is I implemented a split where I'll be handling the incoming leads and then pass them on to him to take them through that the rest of the buying process and, and that closing process. Uh, he's more of a closer than a qualifier. The way I think about sales, at least for us, in a very simplistic manner is is you have to qualify leads and then you have to close them. Out of the two, uh, he's more of the, the closer, um, has the traits for that versus qualification. Um, and on top of that, I haven't designed a repeatable incoming lead qualification process that's scalable to others. So I have a process that works for me because I've just been doing it uh, for so long, but no one else knows it, which means it's not repeatable. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that back. Uh, I initially had passed that over to him as well. Realized it wasn't wasn't ready for him to take over. I'm going to now document the process as I do it. Um, and then later, maybe we'll bring someone in who just does lead qualification or I'll pass it back to Greg once I have the process kind of documented a bit more. Uh, but my gut says that it's the former that we're going to just bring on someone else just to handle lead qualification. And that's how the team will work. He'll focus on closing. Someone else will focus on lead qualification. But for now, I'm playing that lead qualification uh, step um, as well as still helping with, with closing. I haven't completely uh, passed that off. Um, but the idea would be then that we have marketing. So the team structure would be marketing, sales qualification, and then closer. That's kind of a, a three-pronged approach. Um, and uh, division of, of labor. Um, I'll need to replace myself from all of these soon, um, but uh, I need to design the processes. The note that I had to myself was I need to design the processes that make it so that I can actually be replaced. Um, the closing process also needs more process and documentation. It, it works. We're, we're good at it, but I want to become more efficient and document it so that it's truly repeatable because right now it's not. Right now it works because Greg and I kind of sync up and uh, once a day and I can be involved to, to help guide things, but I want to document it um, and create principles uh, uh, for how, how we actually go through that buying journey and, and that closing process so that it's repeatable and scalable. Uh, so a lot of sales operation themes that you're, you're hearing here. Um, I also had an interview with a potential project manager. Um, I also, in the same day, talked with uh, our our accountant about an R&D tax credit. So being in New York, I think it's a New York specific thing that we get a, a R&D tax credit because we invest in software, um, because we're investing in, you know, when we're building things on blockchain or AR or VR or whatever it is, that's R&D. And uh, New York, I believe it's New York, gives you a tax credit for it. Don't quote me on that. Um, but there's, there's, a, there's a tax credit there. So I said NATO would take a lead on this, which is nice. I've been putting it off for months, if not years, because uh, 
I haven't had time. Now we can actually push it through. The nice thing is you can do it retroactively for a couple of years. So I was pushing it off and then NATO will, will make sure it's retroactive. So we could potentially save a good amount of money. I hope, I think, we'll see. Um, also, I wrote a note here that I'm working to push myself out of my comfort zone and go to events so that I can grow. I was going to attend a crypto meetup and, and in, a, in spirit of doing this, I was going to attend a crypto meetup, but I, when I got to the event, um, I realized I was at the wrong address and I had a note here, whoops, um, so, so grabbed dinner with Sasha instead and got to spend some time with her. So uh, I was trying to push myself a little bit out of my comfort zone, um, had the wrong address. So uh, that, uh, that attempt to push myself out of the comfort zone will just have to wait. Wait a bit, uh, but it was nice to grab dinner with Sasha and spend some time with her because I don't get to spend a ton of time with her. Obviously, she helps with marketing at Jack, but that's not really spending time together. Um, so, uh, you know, due to my schedule, I'm a little hectic and busy. And so took that opportunity to be like, okay, cool. I never have just an hour or two free. Uh, let's grab dinner. So that was nice. Um, and then after that... Um, as part of my daily journal, I don't just document kind of what happened. Um, obviously, you have some thoughts there, but sometimes I just have I have a section where I put just like my thoughts and ideas. Um, so here's a, here's a couple for you. One is something I'm working on um, is when there's not clarity, I probe. If everyone in the room is asked the same question and can't give the same answer, we aren't aligned and we need to fix it. I'm getting more comfortable challenging, probing, stating things are unclear to me when it appears there isn't alignment. Clarity and alignment equals speed plus sound decisions. And this reduces the chance of miscommunication and failure. So that's something that I'm, you know, that was just me reading from my, my journal, but have to be clear on things. And, and if not, get clear on them because it really, um, if you're not clear on things, people aren't aligned and uh, you can't make great decisions. You lose speed, which equals losing time and money. And so that's that's a th- something I've been thinking about. Um, and then I also had a note to myself here and I'll just read this off. The way, the way you post challenges um, to me about things not being clear is something I'm borrowing. And when I say the way you, I'm talking to Elizabeth. So my daily notes, I'm actually, I document them to share with my coach, Elizabeth. Right, so this is actually me writing to her, and now I'm actually just sharing them with everyone else. But so the way she poses challenges to me about not being clear um, is something that I'm borrowing. Literally saying I'm confused or that's not clear to me. It's very magical actually because it forces people to really slow down, get clear, and present their thoughts. People, including myself, like to talk, and if they aren't clear, instead of just saying I'm not sure, let me go get clear. Uh, and try to get an answer and come back, um, I, I just start, you know, I, I suffer from it too, where I'm just like, oh, I just keep talking and try and, try and go around it. Um, and uh, even though d- deep down I may not know it's, it's very clear, um, you know, Elizabeth just kind of calls me out on it, which is nice. And so I'm trying to now um, help other people with that as well. Um, and... Because it's hard to say, I'm not sure. It's not a, you know, people don't like to admit that. I don't like to say, I'm, you know, but um, it's not natural, but it's, it's actually very powerful. You say, I don't know, or I'm not sure. It's very powerful just to actually do that. Um, so one thought coming to mind is that um, people 
naturally don't like to get clarity and alignment because it's hard and easier to live in the gray. That's kind of like a theory I kind of have is like, it's, it's easy to live in this gray area where things are a little unclear and not completely aligned because when, um, to get clarity and alignment, it can be uncomfortable. You, there's some tension there. You have to actually lean into some things a bit, but I have to tell you every single time that I actually lean into it to try and get more clarity and alignment, it, it's kind of this fear of doing it initially, but I feel so much better after um, than I than I would if I was in the gray. So it's something I'm really working on, and it's something that I really need to push on uh, for myself, and that I'm I'm uh, I have the intent to instill it strongly in the team and the culture moving forward. It's something I've learned from uh, my work with Elizabeth, and it's been very helpful. And so I'm I'm gonna instill that more into the culture of React. So that was a couple couple thoughts that I had, um, and that's the recap for Monday. 